0: This is on the left side. The Funny Football Show. Ericsson takes it. Harry Kane didn't need a touch. He may well claim it. He's gone all the way through. And Tottenham lead again. Hello, we're back to take a running kick to the week's football news in the very same way that John Hartson once did to al Berkovich Way back in his West Ham days. Google it. Brace yourselves. We're starting the run-up. So, there was me thinking that with a 13-point lead over their nearest rivals, Manchester City had kind of sewn up the Premier League business for this season already. But how wrong I was. (coughs) It turns out that the trophy that really matters this year is the Golden Boot. Because why else would Harry Kane be making such a fuss about it? Fair enough you've played for spurs for most of your career the remotest possibility of picking up even the most insignificant piece of silverware must seem like a pipe dream but at the same time you're acting like a bit of a cockmate Kane made his Lazarus-like return from injury in the team's 2-1 win over Stoke City last weekend. And with Kane's goal-scoring form and Stoke's inability to do anything that even remotely resembles defending, you would have backed him to get an absolute hatful. But instead, he came away with just the one solitary goal. Or so he thought. After the game, the FA's dubious goals panel decided that the ball had not taken the slightest flick off Kane's shoulder on its way into the net and instead awarded the goal to the free-kick taker Christian Eriksen. End of, right? It's the result that's important and a result that pretty much guaranteed Spurs' Champions League football next season. A team win is a team win and Spurs are a team. They win together and they lose together. No individuals, etc, etc, etc. Normally, that's how the narrative goes. But in this case... Big fat nope. In the kind of behaviour that would make me certain that he was the type of kid at school that reminded the teacher that she was going to give a surprise spelling test, Kane was ready to dial the whinge factor up to 11 as he tried to get the goal back. He even tweeted Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer for support in the footballing equivalent of going crying to your brother in the year above when the kids in your class are all picking on you. And then he posted this on social media.
1: Hi uh, guys, great win. Uh, I'll be very delighted with the goal, I swear. It was my goal. We'll to take my word for it.
0: Yeah, I guess we do have to take your word for it. Uh, no, hang on. We don't have to take your word for it. Here's an idea. Instead of taking your word for it, we could look at the dozen or so HD cameras filming the game, or even the ultra slow motion replays that were available that clearly show the ball did not touch you. If... Kane were to win this season's golden boot and he's four goals behind Mohamed Salah as it stands it would make him the first player since Terry Henry to win it three seasons in a row and would, no doubt, add a few quid to his value when Real Madrid comes sniffing around in the summer Clearly a fact that is not wasted on Spurs who have now launched an official appeal to take the goal away from Eriksen and give it to Kane Mentalness just remember, this isn't a red card or a penalty or even a decision that remotely affected the outcome of the game. It's a question of who gets awarded a goal. That said, he's in my fantasy team and an extra four points would be pretty handy. So good luck with it. Although I do think Spurs should be slightly careful not to encourage this type of thing. As at Dan23 underscore 92 pointed out on Twitter, it could just encourage Kane to claim more things that aren't really his. Harry Kane arrived at Spurs training today in a green jacket, claiming he'd won the Masters. I suppose he could always have a go at claiming Ericsson's other goal in that game, both Pogba's goals against City at the weekend and Jeff Hurst's World Cup hat-trick. That should at least put him back in contention for the golden boot. I'm sure if there was an official award for biggest knob in football right now, Kane would be gunning for it, but he'd have some pretty tough competition. And up there with the best of them, or should that be worst of them, would be Sam Allardyce, who has somehow managed to be mostly disliked by the Everton faithful, despite seemingly steering them well clear of relegation. This is in no small part, not only down to Big Sam's style of anti-football that we've all come to know and hate, but also to his expert performances of peak Allardyce this season. The former England manager has a bit of a habit of bigging himself up when it matters, and often when it doesn't. We all remember him saying that he'd have a top four gig if his name was Sam Aladici. And we've heard him bang on for years about how British managers, i.e. him, don't get a fair crack of the whip in football because they're British. Well, Sam has even managed to find some reasoning as to why his uninspiring tenure at Everton is also being underrated. For a start, there was this claim that he made before the Liverpool match I personally don't think I could have done much more than I've done in an extremely difficult position when I arrived for instance West Brom were above us when I got here so look where we are now and look where West Brom is it's a fair point or at least it would be if it were true one I'm not sure using any club that's appointed Alan Pardew in the last 12 months as manager is a very effective yardstick for success and two no they weren't West Brom were four places below Everton when Sam Allardyce took over. And Sam, if you really want to start claiming things that aren't true, I know a goal going that you could throw your hat in the ring for. Yeah, Jim, I know you're already pissed off with him, but um, the FA's just given him the goal. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, look, just just carry on, just pretend nothing happened. But Allardyce was about to produce an even more Allardycery quote with this little gem. After the draw in the Merseyside derby. If my two league games against Liverpool this season had been a Champions League tie, we'd have gone through. That's something my critics won't tell you. But... But that... What? It's an astonishing quote. To work out the logic behind it, you'd probably need to reboot Stephen Hawking. But I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure it's 100% genuine. Despite that being wildly reported and attributed to Allardyce, I can't find any actual audio of it being said. But the fact that it is so bang on, and you can just imagine those words coming out of big I'm better than Guardiola Sam's lips, just makes it incredibly believable. Much more believable than, say, our final story this week. If you've ever watched Arsenal fan TV, you'd expect most Arsenal fans to be explicit-laden fan-touting anger bags over the last two seasons. So it's good to see that some gunners still have a genuine love for their team and the people involved.
1: When I was a kid, I I loved that Arsenal's red and white, JC. My friends, my family, everyone knows. Whatever I was doing, something I like to do with Arsenal.
0: This is lifelong Guna Izaman from Kerala in India. Izaman is a massive Arsenal fan and so when his firstborn arrived, there was only one person he wanted to honour.
1: My son Ahed was born on December 29th, 2017. We named him <laughs> Mahed ozil
0: Wonky-eyed midfield assist king Mesut Ozil. It's actually a really touching story from the club and it shows how far the Premier League reaches across the globe and how important it is to people, even if they don't get to a game every other week or get to gob off outside the stadiums afterwards.
1: My second choice was El Nini. It was a different name, of course, El Nini. Uh, it was really nice to hear. Some were saying Arsene Bangar. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Ozil. The way he creates the chances. You see the spaces what other players don't see.
0: It's a pretty good name and when you consider that the child could have been called Arsene Wenger or to give him his full Arsenal fan TV name That fucking Arsene Wenger! He had a pretty lucky escape, although with his little wrinkled face, poor eyesight and the limited faculties of a newborn Arsene Wenger might actually have been a more suitable name. Thank you for listening. We will be back on Monday. You can show your appreciation if you enjoyed the show by casting your vote for us in the Football Blogging Awards as Best Podcast. Head to footballbloggingawards.co.uk, click on Nominate Now at the top, and enter who you think should win each category. And that will be us for Best Podcast. Hopefully. Your vote could be the one that makes a difference, and just by voting, you could win a ticket to the Big Awards Bash in London in May too. We will see you there and we'll buy you a beer. Bye-bye. On the Left Side was written and produced by Jim Salverson and Ant McGinley, with additional production by Sean Alsop for Abrupt Audio.